0: What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Pazvon, and you are listening to part four of episode 20 of VGM Generations. And with me this time is Norm Gerrard. Die, monster. You don't belong in this world. (laughs) (laughs) Aaron Bellagio. I got nothing. Oh, man. Well, you got me last week really good, so it was was Norm's turn. And uh, in this series of episodes, we are talking about the SNES Classic, the SNES Mini, the SNES, the SNES, the Super Famicom, and Super Nintendo, what have you. So yeah, uh, it's my turn to go first again, and uh, this week I have picked F-Zero, which I talked about earlier in the month uh, in in its relation to Mario Kart, but uh, now we're going back right to the beginnings, F-Zero. So uh, the track I picked is Mute City, and this was, of course, was developed and published by Nintendo. Uh, Nintendo EAD, which is a little more important this time than it ever has been before, but we'll get into that in a second. Uh, It came out in 1991. Uh, in North America, uh, but Japan got it in 1990. Uh, so the music was Yumiko Kenki and Na- Naoto Ishida. Uh, so those are the two composers. Unfortunately, very, very little information about those two composers online. Didn't do a lot outside of F-Zero, either of them. So uh, there isn't too much to say about them, but I did find some interesting stuff about the development of this game. So. Uh, F-Zero launched alongside the Super Famicom in Japan when it came out in 1990, and we got it uh, as a launch title as well with the SNES in 91. So, Shimizu uh, was the director uh, for the game, and also one of the artists, which he was saying, like, back in the day, it wasn't uncommon for a director or to be a musician or also an artist on the game. Yeah, a lot my, of
1: people had dual roles. On my game, uh, the the director was also a main programmer. Yeah. So Especially for you, the enemies.
0: There yeah. you go. And then uh, Yusunari Nishida was the head programmer of the game. Um, Nishida was the very first programmer that Nintendo EAD ever had. Uh, so he was like
1: programmer number one for Nintendo <laughs> EAD, which I <laughs> so thought was, was really cool. what was the first cool. thing he programmed for Nintendo? I got to know what his... Uh... Uh,
0: the, actually, the first thing he programmed were um, the... The Famicom had like a um almost like a recordable media drive, and you could go to stores and like you would bring your disc and you would like download the game and then you could bring it back. it was it was kind of like a recycling mm. uh, program where you weren't you didn't have to buy a new cart every time. You could just load a new game onto it. He The first thing he programmed for Nintendo was that, but the first game he programmed was F zero. Huh. Uh, and F zero was also the um, first Nintendo game to be programmed entirely in house. Uh, most, uh, most of the games during the Famicom era were actually uh, outsourced. A lot of the programming was outsourced, but F-Zero was the first Nintendo game entirely Done by nin- just Nintendo and employees.
1: I, I would almost call and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, F Zero feels to me like it's a tech demo. Essentially, it's to show yeah, off. We'll mode get, seven yeah, we'll get. Yeah, we'll definitely right.
0: get into that for sure. Uh, the other, oh, the other thing I wanted to mention. This is really cool. Uh, Nishida, the programmer, also was the guy who programmed the spinning Triforce at the beginning of A Link to the Past, which oh, was like, that was yeah, pretty good. Yeah, that was a big deal, right? And so, like, the fact that he was the guy who figured that out yeah. and uh, these were he, all three in that. He one. actually used polygons, and that was like the first mm-hmm. time in Okay, had,
2: so that was actually what I was curious about. Is yeah. it actually 3D or is it just... Well, yeah, it's yeah, true think,
0: 3D. Yeah. Uh, and it was the first example of it that anyone had ever seen on the Super Famicom. And we've uh,
2: never gotten any better than that. We, That's I, re- the, cool. I remember making fun of those Triforces with a friend. Um, what do you mean? <laughs> I, I, don't know, it, I, I guess maybe because it was just something just, we had never
1: encountered. Yeah. We didn't
2: know what to do except ridicule it. We're like, <laughs> oh,
1: here come the geometric shapes. Yeah. Oh, well, it's because As we had such too, beautiful like sprite work by that point in time, right? So any yeah. uh, any like primitive 3D was just, it's like yeah. looking at the original Star Fox. Yeah. And
0: actually, they talked about F-Zero to jump ahead a little bit, but they talked about F-Zero the first time they showed it off. Before there was like an E3 or anything like that, there was this uh, Japanese, I can't remember the name of it, but basically all the devs came together and a bunch of the wholesalers came together and it was kind of the, here's what's coming up in the next year and they showed off f-zero for the first time and the mode seven tricked everybody and they were like are those polygons like no one could <laughs> everyone was like so excited that they're and he's like no 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 it's not actual polygons it's just it's just our mode seven trick so um the whole team though for the game was only nine people which again blows my mind it was about a year again much like mario kart with eight um so the one thing that i thought was really really interesting was the idea for the cars uh like the cars if you if you know F0 are very futuristic you know little like bullet shapes no wheels they hover and all that stuff
1: they're weirdly squat i always yeah, they, yeah. they always
0: are yeah they're very short yeah. um they're but all, i
1: th-
2: yeah they're all stingrays
1: i think <laughs>
0: one's
2: even named after a stingray isn't it I, I think so, yeah. But uh, it actually
0: came from the, uh, the director of the game, Shimitsu. He went to the U.S. and saw Tim Burton's Batman. And he was like, I love these vehicles. And that's where the <laughs> so idea, they're all
1: mini Batmobiles. They're
0: all mini Batmobiles and like Batjets and Batwings, I guess. Yeah. So I thought that was really funny. And yes, like you said, Aaron, this game was absolutely kind of a tech demo. But uh, before we get into more development stuff, let's just listen to the awesome music of F-Zero and the track Mute City.
2: Reminds me of the drugstore <laughs> oh okay explain What's the, <laughs> the first time I rented f0 uh I was reading the manual and my dad had to stop at the drugstore oh okay so, so I just wanted a weirdly get, strong association get there? the heck out of the drugstore so I can go play F0 okay well I'm gonna because
0: you're talking about the manual I'm gonna jump ahead in my notes here um so the manual uh as you know probably or remember has a comic in it And the comic is where we see Captain Falcon for the first time. And in the comic, so basically, uh, when they did the comic, actually, you know what? Let's rewind a little bit. So the Super Famicom is coming out in Japan. And Nintendo at one point thinks, we need a mascot for the console. Not like a mascot just like for the company, but a mascot for the console. And they were considering Captain Falcon because that would be great. Well, here we go. So they said they put out to a bunch of the artists in the company, draw us Captain someone. Yeah. Captain so and so. We don't care. But just draw us like a, a a character you think would be good for to represent the console. So Captain Falcon, the reason his color scheme is the way it is is it's the colors of the face buttons huh. on the Super Famicom. So you got the blue, yellow, red, green and he's got all of that incorporated into his uniform <laughs> in some way. God, I wish and he so, was just
1: on everything. But
0: <laughs> but he wasn't called Captain Falcon. He was just called Captain something. Cap- they didn't they Captain didn't really have Famicom? a Famicom. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But they didn't have a name for him at the time. And then this game was coming out. They had finished the development of the game and they said, uh, so we need, um, we need a character for this game. And he said, I want to do kind of like an American style comic in the instruction manual that gives a little bit more background on like why these people race and stuff like that. And, um, he was like, I'm going to use this captain character and he's like what should i call him captain falcon i guess and they just they threw him in there so that's how and he's a bounty hunter which (laughs) i never knew but he's a bounty
1: hunter in the comic which really cracked me up
2: yeah him and people have talked about him and samus squaring off because they're both bounty hunters exactly right
1: right? teaming up to get a particularly hard bounty oh that'd be a good (laughs) one too yeah so because they're both from the future right so um And Go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say that uh, I don't have I don't have much of a history with F Zero, but mm-hmm. I do. my My only story is that I've, I I don't think I've ever actually played the Super Nintendo version. The first time I ever played F Zero was actually on the Game Boy Advance during my training for working for Nintendo on the Nintendo Tour. Yeah, when they brought us in on training day, and they ha- actually had like Game Boy Advance and the Link cables, and we all linked up and played. Uh, the new F0 that had just come out on that. So, that's cool. Yeah, it was a cool day.
0: I was actually going to ask you guys now that you bring it up, did you play the GameCube one during your time?
1: Yes, cuz we demoed it on the Nintendo yeah. Tour. That one's insane. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah, I heard it's that that's like one smooth. of the hardest games it's, ever, right? I never was able to get used to the controls. I sucked at it. It feels very like slick and floaty in a way. It doesn't yeah. feel like it doesn't have the sort of tactile feel of a lot of other racers and I could never get used to it. But yeah. It looked really good and it played
2: really smooth. Yeah, there's like a very small subset of the population who love it and are really good at it and really they connect with the series. Um yeah, there's one guy I follow on YouTube, Lythero, he does Hilarious videos, but F Zero is kind of his thing. So okay, you know, check I didn't out. know there
1: was anybody who had F Zero as their thing. That's, uh, I'll, br- I'll
2: tag Lythero when I'm tweeting yeah, about this episode. <laughs> yeah, my brother was one of those actually too. He mm. got really into the GX. And yeah, I don't know how good he was compared to others, but he was really deep into it. Not me, but. Yeah, it does seem like that niche game that had like that, you know, that cult following and people got really into yeah, it. So and it,
1: I don't think it, even you specifically had to be a racing fan to like it because it didn't feel like any other racer out no, there. No, like I heard it was, that, yeah. It was very separate from the racing genre. Almost. I haven't played it. Do you, either of you guys own it? I used to own it, but I gave it away. Oh, no. I think. Maybe I still have it. I have to find <laughs> a way to play it. Honestly, the copy I had, I think, was Nintendo's copy. Oh, and, no. And uh, Don't say that. I'll have it,
0: to bleep that out. <laughs> it, it was
1: like an extra copy that were given away. And Nintendo's not going to listen to this, but I don't know about you, Norm, but I ended up with like really terrible copies of stuff that we were supposed to give away. Like Kobe Bryant, yeah. like Kobe, yeah, the Kobe, basketball yeah. one, I remember. And I had a copy of a uh, splinter cell as well for uh, the GBA for, no, for the GameCube.
0: Oh, okay. But you know, had the GBA one, that game was not good. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> let's get back to F zero F zero proper before we incriminate ourselves anymore. Um, so to go back to more to the development of the game, um, So the funny thing about the game is like I talked about the whole uh, Batman, Tim Burton, Batman and stuff like that. But the game was really set in the future out of a need to overcome limitations, Um, especially because they wanted to use the mode seven so much. A lot of the processing power was kind of already taken up. And so they needed to overcome certain things like no tires on the vehicles meant less frames of animation when the tires need to turn before a corner. So there's just less things that need to be animated. Um, The course was set. Uh, like 400 feet in the sky i think it is that they say uh because there's no shadows from any buildings and the and
1: the buildings are way off in the distance so there's nothing to render around the track um that's just weird because i can't imagine anybody in the super nintendo era complaining if even if they had buildings above there about no shadows shadows. but
0: but that was something that they (laughs) mentioned it's it's funny it's Uh, weird justification it is and then uh but i think mostly that it was like everything was on the horizon so there yeah. was nothing kind of yeah, you
1: could put whatever it was out there that was actually doing the parallax scrolling exactly very yeah. far away yeah
0: right? and and to explain mode seven a little more in case anyone listening to this doesn't know basically for this game especially the car the track is moving around the car not the other way around so basically when you turn the screen is spinning and you are staying stationary is how the mode seven rendering worked and they said they basically rendered the bottom four fifths of the screen was doing the shifting and then the top one fifth, the horizon stayed static. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the last thing uh, that I thought was funny was so instead of having like they were like, we got to have like barricades on the track. So people don't just hit an invisible wall or just fly off. So they're like, we'll call it a guard beam and we'll make it out of circles because circles obviously look the same no matter which way you rotate them. Yeah. So I like that one. That was my favorite one. No Mm -hmm. perspective. So And uh, I probably should have said this before we listened to Mute City, but uh, the reason I picked Mute City is because Mute City, this game actually still today has a uh, following of people who are still trying to set record lap times in it. Uh, And a lot of the reason for that and a lot of the reason it was popular when it first came out is that uh, the lap times were calculated to the hundredth of a second. So there is that very, very fine line that you can try to, you know, get just one more hundredth of a second to set the record. Um, As far as I can tell, all of the records right now are held by an American with the exception of two that are held by a Japanese guy for when I just did some brief searching online. If anybody knows any different, please feel free to correct me on Twitter. But <laughs> as far as I can tell, this one guy is just like breaking his own records for the last few and, years. And how many people is competing against? It's
1: like basically only these two well, guys. Well,
0: apparently a lot of guys are trying to take him down, but they just can't. And yeah. and he he recently said his and uh Mute City is like the, you know, where they separate the the boys from the men, <laughs> the kind of thing. Mew City is the track, apparently, to set a laugh time on. So uh, and he just recently set his best time in October of this year. Hmm. the the he's he broke his own record again. And set a best, a new best time. So people are still setting records in this game, which I thought was cool.
1: It's bizarre though that he's like still working to, you know, still best his own times, and nobody else can touch him. It's kind of weird, don't you think? He would like step back for a bit and see if anyone can beat him before he goes and tries to beat that time. Yeah, I, or, or is I he think just he just wants to retain the title, endlessly trying to beat his own yeah. time.
0: Yeah, I think it's just he's one of those guys. Like you, if you ever watch any like speed running documentaries where people are just become obsessive about a single game, mm. like it's all they play and they just play it endlessly. So he must be one of those. But
2: anyway, yeah. it's pretty cool. I wonder how close he's he is, because there's got to be a theoretical limit. Yeah, so (laughs) uh, and I'm sure, like
0: again, to go back into those speedrunning documentaries, you do actually see things where guys um, basically they program a a bot to play the game frame by frame. Yeah. So they literally go
2: every single frame. So there's probably yeah. That's what a tool-assisted speedrun is, right? I I think think. that's correct. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, I only recently. R- realize that's what that was. I always thought it meant like, like a turbo button. <laughs> or something like that. Like, <laughs> that's just not. Just, that's just a cheating, turbo button. But
0: that's what. I got
1: the highest like, advantage that's a tool-assisted speedrun. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly.
0: But no, yeah. So I, I'm sure there is a theor- theoretical limit. I'm not sure that anyone has calculated it, but this guy seems to keep breaking his own records. And there, if you've played F-Zero, uh, you'll know that there are spots in the game where you can like jump the track and kind of cheat that way. So I'm sure that like he's finding exploits there. But I watched his Mute City uh, record run, and it's crazy. Like, cause like you know how like in Mario Kart or in F Zero, if you drive off the track, there's patches where like they're in Mario Kart, it's dirt, in F Zero, it's just like I don't know a different texture. Mm-hmm. Uh, it slows you down. He actually like threads the line because there, it's like a it's like a series of bumps, like a grid line, and he threads the line through it so that he doesn't slow down at all. So yeah, he's he's using all these crazy tricks and stuff to set those to set those times.
2: And if you go over the track, you crash into the city below.
0: Yeah, and you explode and pe- and they actually mentioned in the development they were like, "We need the explosion sound to be really loud." <laughs> <laughs> Cuz they wanted it to have a little a lot of impact. So that was really cool. So that's F0, that's Speed City. I uh, hope you got some fun information for that. Norm, what do you have for for us this week?
2: I'm going to be talking about a little game called Mega Man X. <laughs> <laughs> what year was it set in?
1: Which <laughs> 1993.
2: No. Yeah, I think it's either 20XDX or 2XXX. Um, yeah, so <laughs> came out in 1993 from Capcom. Um, I'm just going to say right away, joke, Storm Eagle stage music. Woke, Sting Chameleon stage music. Play it, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is what, I mean, all the music in this game is is fantastic. The Storm Eagle stage is kind of the, it's the obvious winner. Uh, most people will say that's their favorite track, but there's just so much more to experience in this soundtrack. Um, uh, I think Jordan once, I was pleased because I think you guys featured this game once before and Jordan picked the Spark Mandrill stage, which is also, they're all really good. So Yeah, he yeah. did do Spark Mandrill, so that sounds right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh great music it was kind of so mega man x is the the 16 bit uh evolution of mega man basically um same de- same uh development team i believe same same designer uh kg inafune who is very um famous or infamous depending on what year you reference him <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, that's true things certain things lately that should not be named yeah anyway yeah uh, yeah just but He's they're got on a,
0: sale right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's got a great legacy. Mega Man is by far my uh, favorite 2D platforming um, series, both for the NES, the original core series, and the X series for SNES. It did advance past the SNES X3 was the third one, but uh, the best are the first three for SNES. So... Uh, a bit more about the music, which I've already uh, gushed about. It was composed by Capcom's house band called Alpha Lila, and they did a lot of the music uh, at the time. They did Street Fighter II, Final Fight, Strider. I don't have a list of all the composers that, that were part of that band, um, but they're easily Googleable. Um, one of the things that... Uh, and this is more, more about the Super NES in, in general is... Uh, the use of the orchestra hit sound effect. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. know what that yeah, is. Yeah, I
1: can hear it in my head. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, so
2: you'll know what it is, Mike, when I say Okay. okay so you know in Super Mario Kart, Bowser's theme? Yeah, It's like... Brruh, 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 brruh. Those are orchestra hits. <laughs> okay, I got you. And they're you. <laughs> used egregiously <laughs> in the Super NES. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the Sting Chameleon uh, track uses it once at the very beginning, very tastefully and to effect, but other tracks kind of plastered on pretty (laughs) cheesy it's been called the wilhelm scream of popular music of the time so um yeah that's pretty good (laughs) Uh, listen yeah you can rewind and listen listen for it it's used once but anyway the idea behind the orchestra hit is it's every instrument in the orchestra played at one crashing chord kind of thing so you heard it a lot at the time especially in the snes because after the Eight bit uh, synthesizers. It was the uh, it was kind of how some people showed off their ability to sample. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, enough about, <laughs> enough about the orchestra, which is right.
1: weird because it's it's funny to sort of make fun of Mega Man for that, considering the legacy that Mega Man has for music. It's you know yeah. considered some of the best, but yet let's make fun of it a little bit because the orchestra hit was totally overdone. Yeah. And, oh man, the the
2: melodies are just so they're so still bang good on, for yeah. Mega Man. Yeah. Um, a bit more about the game, I guess. I, I'm. Jordan probably got into a lot of this previously, but uh, I guess I have some hopefully personal insights. Um, I won't get into like the backstory and stuff. Actually, well, I will say it. Feel free. Like, yeah, it, take, <laughs> it takes place about, I think it's 100 years after the Mega Man series. So it is in the universe. It, it's Mega Man X was created by Dr. Light as a successor to Mega Man and locked in a capsule. So is Dr. Light long dead at this he's point? Long, I don't know
1: anything about yeah. the X lore.
2: Yeah, so he's long dead. Uh, he locked X in a capsule because X was so potentially powerful that he needed to test his AI in a closed system for years and years and years before he could be released to save the world, which um, I guess Light was pretty pessimistic about the future. <laughs> so uh, he came out, and yeah, sure enough, the world was in turmoil. Yeah. Um, He's got a buddy named Zero, who's kind of like his proto-man.
0: It looks so cool. <laughs> and you don't—you kind of have
2: to... Here's a big spoiler. that They don't ever explicitly say in any one game. You kind of piece it together. Zero was created by, guess who? <gasps> Dr. Wily. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of is a vector for a virus which infects all the robots, which give you your robot masters in X, who are all named after animals instead of men. So you have Sparkmandrel, Sting, Chameleon. Storm Eagle. Yeah. They're mavericks because they have the, the virus. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's fun. I, you know, it's funny because you mentioned the uh, sort of story about Dr. Light essentially sealing Mega Man X in a capsule and like to, and while he's there, he's essentially like training and learning to, for this apocalyptic future that light doesn't, uh, that light is figures is coming. It kind of reminds me of like the Superman mythology. It's basically like the last son of Krypton traveling in a capsule to Earth. Learning about like all of these things during this extended period of time, so when good. he arrives, yeah. he can uh, you know be the Save savior Earth. savior of man essentially.
2: And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they got their idea from there. Yeah, was, yeah.
0: that's pretty good. I like that. That's a good <laughs> analogy. I will say I know Jordan's not here, uh, but I did talk to him actually when we both got our SNES classics about this game, and he actually said that he thinks that the in terms of games, uh, maybe not music, but in terms of games, he thinks the X
1: Games are better than the originals. Gotta agree. There you go. Yeah, I, I all I can say about that is is that I do love the originals. I loved Mega Man Nine, which was very much like the originals. Oh, yeah, I've tried several times to get into X and have been um, unable to.
2: It yeah, it it plays quite a bit differently. Um, on uh, Nintendo Power said uh, the opposite. They criticized how little the game had changed. They said the theme remains the same as the Game Boy and NES Mega Man titles, but they're big dummies, and that's wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, I yeah. do. I did buy it on Virtual Console. It is available for Virtual Console, sure. so, and that's yeah. one of those games that you have to play. You know, um, lag-free, and because <laughs> it's it's just <laughs> yeah. so precise. The play control in that game is just. I don't think I've played. It's like the Mega both the Mega Man games is just like so responsive. So you feel
1: like you are Mega Man. anyway. Yeah. You have yeah. to play it like on the original system, lag free. And yet you need like technology that doesn't in- introduce any sort of like, lag, like, any yeah, delay like from like, cause a, most modern TVs and that kind of thing. So yeah. I wonder how yeah, you the, yeah, a super TV with a game mode. I go, yeah. I gotta wonder how the super Nintendo classic handles since it's HDMI. Yeah. Probably as well as long as pretty you're bang pretty on. well, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah.
0: As long as your TV is set up for it, you're fine. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Norm, um, what is the correct order uh, to take on the bosses in this game? Or at least what's the first one?
2: You want to go for Chill Penguin because... Um, well, just do it.
0: Okay. Because <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, I, when I was... The first night I had my SNES Classic and I was just playing basically everything and just blasting through. Um, I played a few... Uh, I tried to play a few levels of Mega Man X, and I got through the level fine, but I could never, like, the boss was, like, the difficulty spike on the boss, because, like, in old Mega Man games, the level is difficult, like, getting through the Hmm. levels tough. In this game, I found the levels, like, not too tough, but then I would hit the boss, and it was, like, nope, not happening. (laughs) Yeah, and I I just thought I was doing it in the wrong order, because I know that's a big part of Mega Man.
2: Um, And I'm kind of... I typically only use
1: the main weapon for most uh, things. But I was even going to ask I, you that. Do you play this Norm style, which I, is like Mega Buster and nothing? And I think
2: <laughs> this is where it came from because yeah. in X, it's so much more effective and reliable than the other weapons. Is that I think this is where I got used to playing that way yeah. and that transferred retroactively to the Mega Man games. Because that's
1: my observation about you playing yeah, Mega yeah. Man
2: is that that's all you ever use, <laughs> and, ever. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a result of uh, the way X is played, because mm. um, yeah, I, uh,
1: <laughs> but then it forced you to be better. It's, a, it's, it's a training a, thing,
2: in a way. As long as my bullets are going straight, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it, it's part of what I love about it. I guess just the familiarity of the the familiarity and reliability of his X Buster or Mega Buster, depending on which one. you're Which playing. game you're playing? Yeah.
0: All right. Cool. So, uh, what do you have for us, Aaron?
1: I have for us um, Super Castlevania 4, which I decided at the last minute was the game I (laughs) wanted to talk about. As Uh, you often do. (laughs) As I often do. And I went uh, super classic on this, is that, first of all, for my backstory with Super Castlevania 4, is um, I bought it on the virtual console for the Wii many years ago, and I tried to make a run through it, it. I got pretty far, and it was good. I really enjoyed it. I'm a fan of the Castlevania series, but I never actually finished this game, so I didn't see the whole thing. So, I, and it's been a long time. Like, I have a lot of separation, so I didn't remember a lot as far as the music went or anything like that. Uh, the only thing I could remember from that time I was playing it is there's a Mode 7 stage, and I don't know how much you guys know about Super Castlevania IV, where basically, like, you have to, like, whip onto these platforms and then the entire stage will, like, rotate around. Oh, yeah. And it's, yeah. It's, I forgot about
2: that one. It's, it's pretty yeah.
1: bizarro stage. But uh, coming back to the soundtrack in this, I was really blown away by how, how good the whole thing is in general. And there's a lot of obscure titles that I... W- tracks on it that i wanted to highlight but i went super classic super basic it give the fans what they want this is what people want to hear so i did a song that we've talked about numerous times this is the super nintendo version of bloody tears so if what, you're a new
0: listener and you like this song you can go back and listen to
1: my remix radio where i did just <laughs> bloody tears <laughs> yeah so the super nintendo version of bloody tears let's talk a little bit about the game so um since this month so far, all I've talked about is Nintendo and Nintendo EAD developed games. This one is a Konami game developed and published by Konami in the year of 1991. It was uh, composed by Masanori Adachi and Tarokudo. And uh, I feel like I said this for every single game that I've highlighted this month, but a lot of people consider this one of the greatest video games of all time. So that that gets thrown it's, a lot with a lot of the games on the Super Nintendo Classic. Well,
0: that's the thing. With the Classic, the NES and the SNES Classic, um, they're both just greatest hits, right? Mm. They're just both greatest hits libraries. Yeah. And then you hack it and add all the other games
2: that you the, want. The, S, the Safeway is the the SNES Classic is the best game of all time.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just one game. It's like your 101 game, but it's... yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like you take it all collectively and you could make that argument pretty easily that yeah. uh, this is the greatest game of all time, greatest game system of all time. Cause it's nothing but hits. So we'll come back to that in a little while. <laughs> and so the game, uh, super Castlevania four in Japan is called Akumajo Dorakua. So, uh, <laughs> which I, which I thought was funny. Cause I was like, first I was looking at it and it's not spelled like Dracula. Yeah. But, but it's actually, it's, pronounced it's, it's like essentially Dracula? a phonetic, almost like a Japan, Japanese, Phonetic version of Dracula. So I was like looking at it and I'm trying to pronounce it and I'm like, wait a minute, that's just Dracula. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And uh, this Super Castlevania 4 is notable for being the first game in the series to offer 360 degree whip control, which was a cool oh, effect. Is that where that you they can, can do, do like that? Where your whip goes limp and then oh, you can like yeah. shoot it in all That's different goofy. directions. The old whip l- limp. Whip. Which is goofy and does almost no damage. And yeah. I didn't even realize this when I was playing. It's so that whole system is designed to block projectiles. It's basically oh. your shield. Yeah. And I never realized that. I thought it's like here's a really dumb thing that it's does almost good for no the damage. yeah
2: the Medusa heads. I think
1: I remember it being yeah. o- okay for those damnable things. Well, I remember in, <laughs> in like later Castlevania games, like Circle of the Moon, is that you could have like a whip swing thing where you would just hold down the button and it would like swing in a circle and oh, yeah. almost create like a little bit of a shield around it's like you, Thor's which is hammer. great. Yeah, which is great for the Medusa heads. But in this one, if you wanted to do that, you basically have to like do rotate the <laughs> D pad around. I know. think to, I
0: saw this the first time at your house. Right. I think we fired this game up, like, I think you did it maybe as a joke on a game night or something, <laughs> and I, re- I I have this very distinct memory of laughing with you and Jordan in your basement at the limp whip. Like it's so bizarre, because he just
1: kind of holds it out, and it goes limp, and then you just kind of, like, flip yeah, it in different yeah, directions.
2: Yeah, and, like, his little wrist sprite kind of yeah. flips <laughs> yeah, yeah, in yeah. the direction that you... <laughs> it's super goofy, but, you know, yeah. it's,
1: it's a neat technology, it's I think.
2: Pretty unique?
1: Yeah. <laughs> And also uh, in this game, in true Indiana Jones style, Simon Belmont can now use his whip to latch onto hooks and swing across things with it. So maybe that's another reason why I was uh, drawn to this as well is because, you know, my, my general love of Indiana Jones. I would and, believe that. Yeah. And uh, it reminds me a little bit of the Indiana Jones game on the NES where you could do the same thing. Your whip was your weapon and you could swing across pits. And, and I like that kind of thing. Yeah. Obviously.
2: Awesome. You know those boards you land on and they flip around and drop you off?
1: I hate those (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of like things to hate I think in the Castlevania series because it's uh, it's a little cheap it's a punishing game it is a punishing game at least it almost feels like a like a arcade game like it was designed to eat quarters or something totally and it it, like you go back to like the original Castlevania and stuff like that where it's like you were just absolutely punished because like going up and down stairs, you were totally vulnerable. (laughs) Oh, yeah. When you jump... Nothing you you, could do. Yeah, when you jump, you had like no recourse. Like you were... Once you're in the air, you're screwed, right? You couldn't control your momentum. Exactly. Exactly. Though in this game, they actually did fix that to a degree. So this one was kind of... Was kind of a a way to rectify some of those things. In fact, the uh, director of this game considers this to be a remake of the original Castlevania. So this is essentially Castlevania 1 amped up to the nth degree right
0: yeah with an extra eight bits yeah so (laughs) uh,
1: before I go on let's listen to Bloody Tears from Super Castlevania 4 This in the past, but at the time uh, that this game came out, Konami didn't allow the use of the real names of the developers in the credits for the game. So oh, everybody still had, now, yeah, so so everyone had to come up with a handle. So I said it was Masanori Odachi and Taro Kudo, and they were actually credited as Soji Taro and Masanori Odachi. So they actually had to come up with like fake names, similar memes. fake yeah. names, just so they could get their names in the credits, which is such a weird policy. For Konami to have, but... And I know. think,
0: like I said last time, if I, after I have to do that, I'm going to be
1: Pike Mazabon. <laughs> Pike Mazabon? <laughs> you get around Konami's weird rules. That's right. Yep. And the this soundtrack was actually released as uh, Akumajo Dorakura Best 2, and, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a great, you know, very <laughs> Japanese. There was a best one. Yeah, of so course. there was a best one. There and this is be best, best two. two. Yep. And it was uh, the soundtrack for this game. And I think also it was like... Uh, uh, Dracula X, as well as Castlevania 2. so that was uh, Simon's Curse, I think. So that they all came out on on a soundtrack at the time, and it was very very popular. And I just have to say, is when I was searching for it, I saw the cover art for this album, and it is so. Awesomely bad. <laughs> it is like yeah. Mega Man levels of bad. Have you seen it? Because oh yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause it, it well, the first thing I thought when I saw it is that it reminded me of uh of Mega Man because it's got like Simon Belmont, really horribly rendered, like weirdly legs splayed out to the side. <laughs> it's it's it almost yeah. looks like they were ripping it off in a way. Yeah, it's a tribute. <laughs> yeah, a tribute <laughs> it's to be. Mega Man cover. And all, I was very Pleased to see as well that just this past July, so July of 2017, the game's soundtrack was released on vinyl. So you can today go to Mondo's website and buy this soundtrack on vinyl. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And the cover art for the Mondo release is significantly it's, better. Oh,
0: uh, no, I was no, going to say, good. do they use the it's same It's really stuff? nice, actually. Uh, it'd be better if they used the same one.
1: <laughs> and one th- cool thing they did, too, is they actually did two different editions. They actually did two different pressings. So there was, like, a limited edition pressing and then a regular one. The regular one is, like, silver discs with blood splatter on it. Mm. And they, the... Uh, the limited edition one, which is sold out, unfortunately, you can still get the uh, blood splatter version, but the other one is like gold and bronze, like half and half on the disc. And it looks really cool. It's a two disc vinyl set. And so if you're a vinyl fan and a Castlevania fan, I think that'd be a pretty slick thing to. Hey,
2: Christmas is coming up. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) It smells like garlic and has been consecrated
1: by the Pope. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You can throw it as a weapon to fight vampires. Like break the
0: vinyl in half and stab (laughs) a vampire in the heart or something. That's pretty good. Hmm. All right, so yeah, that's it for our picks this week. Uh, good picks all around. So, um, it's the fourth episode. So it's time for the game. Everybody's <laughs> the favorite game. The game. The name <laughs> that tune game. Uh, I can't remember who's the reigning champ right now. Not me. No, it might be you. I think so. I don't think I've won yet. No, I think it was you. I think last time you won. I think you you edged out. I think that's Jordan right. did last month. Or, oh no Yeah, that it was Jordan. Jo- yes, that's right. That's right. Sorry. Jordan won by just a bit because I remember I was hyper precise yes. with the picks and okay, he won yeah. with like the hyper precision there.
2: And I, I played at home and did not beat Jordan. I let him know. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I love that you played at home. That's so cool. All right. So
0: we were saying just a moment ago that the SNES Classic, if taken as a single cart, if you will, is the best game collection of all time. And I have one bone to pick with that. And it is that it did not include what I think is arguably one of the best, if not the best, game ever made, game collection ever made, which is Super Mario All-Stars. I think All-Stars is one of the best values that gaming has <laughs> uh, ever seen.
1: That's a, it's a cheat code. It's an it absolute cheat, cheat code. Code. It's basically, here's all the Mario games and exactly. they're awesome already. So, exactly.
0: Yeah. So, the game this week is made up of music entirely from Super Mario All-Stars. So, Knowing that, you can't really name the game, but you can name the game inside the game. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so that's where, that's where we're coming from this week. Okay. So it's all Mario. It's all, and it's, all Mario. it's
1: all the remastered versions yeah. of things. Exactly. Uh- so it sounds a little different.
0: Not probably enough to mess you guys up, but that's what it is. So uh, this, this there's only two points available in this game. So it's the, um, the level or the track, mm-hmm. uh, as we always say, and then the game it's from. So and I tried to keep it pretty straightforward, but there's a couple tricks in there. So, so, uh, yeah, let's have our first listen through of the tricks, the tricks of the, uh, Supermar- Oh yeah. Go ahead. How many are there? Uh, there's five, five. Yeah. And I left some gaps, so it's not too, it's okay. uh, yeah. So like also, last time I left. we want
1: to know what the game is and the level is, is
0: it- uh, yeah, the game and then the track or the level. Okay. Yeah. So here we go. First listen. So that was our first listen-through of the music. <laughs> I like Norm Sky. That made me laugh. Uh, I'm sure you guys want your second listen-through. The second. Sec. Yeah, I'll give you time to scribble. I, I, I don't write scribble. that fast. So. No, no. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll fill time. So yeah, Super Mario All-Stars. I, so this was the game that made me actually want a SNES because I, I was also a Genesis kid. And I remember I played... This, I think, was, was the first thing I played uh, on a friend's uh, Super Nintendo. And mm. I was like, this is like the Mario games, but better. <laughs> this is awesome. This looks so good. Yeah. And, and it actually, it became, like, in my memories, when I think of Mario Bros. or, or 2 or 3, I think of this. I don't mm. think of the original. So sometimes I go back <laughs> and play the original. I'm like, man, these are ugly. That's <laughs> it, interesting. It's,
2: I, yeah, and it's, it's a pretty, pretty legit um, recreation of them. Yeah, yeah, for yeah.
1: sure. And actually, I have a I have a story too. If I've, we've got the time for me to tell my yeah, story, is that I've only played this game once, and uh, I was just thinking back to the memories associated with playing this game. And I played it once back in high school, and strangely at the ho- at my 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 current my wife's house. So we knew okay. each other in high school. We had mutual friends, and we were friends. And uh, I was over at her house one day, and played Super Mario All-Stars and drinking a concoction that we'd invented, which oh, was God. <laughs> Milka-Cola. So, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. No, that's Terrible. bad. Mm. Terrible. Milka-Cola and Super Mario All-Stars <laughs> are linked forever in my mind. There so. you go. So there's your
2: there's your mental link. All right. right. It's like the drugstore and uh, F-Zero. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right.
0: Were you drinking Milka-Cola at the drugstore? <laughs> no, let's have our second listen through of the, uh, of the tracks. So there's our second listen through.
1: All right. You know what? Honestly, after that second listen through, I think I'm as as good as I'm going to get. And I don't think I'm 100%, but I don't think it's going to help me. I don't think it's going to help me on a third listen through. So it's up to you, Norm. Would you like a third listen through?
0: Um, No, I'm good. You're good? All right. Oh, man, this is unprecedented. (laughs) Only two listen throughs. All right. Uh, Norm, why don't you give me uh, your first answer?
2: Uh, Super Mario Bros. 3
1: card game.
0: Uh, yep, yep, and yep. you had I the have
1: the same mushroom hut card game from Super Mario Brothers. Three is what I have.
0: Yeah, exactly, perfect. So you guys could both get two points on that one. Uh, and then uh, Aaron, what did you have for number two?
1: I have character select screen from Mario Brothers. Two.
0: Yep, Norm. I assume you had the same.
1: Yep, player select two.
0: Yeah, player select is technically the right name, <laughs> but I'm I'm not gonna get that that specifically. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I Ouch. think you should get that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, knew I, I only. Wrote, okay, I knew you were gonna do that because of how how fast I had to write. I only wrote select screen anyway, so yeah, there you right, go. That's correct. Right. <laughs> um, so the third one. Now this was the tricky one. Did you either of you get this? This one's tricky for me. I had actually I didn't know this, and I guessed Mario World because again I'm not familiar with.
0: So. Uh, so that's a that's a like a little technicality there, but there's two versions of the Super Mario All Stars cart. One had Mario World, and one didn't. Oh, the one I you played play didn't. Yeah, oh. yeah, uh, but no, that's not right.
2: Norm, I put I, this is the one I wasn't sure about. but yeah. I put um, you know, when you finish a world and Toads telling you the princess is in another castle. Uh, know, Super Mario one. I don't think it's right, but
0: no, of course, that's not right. So you, neither of you got that. That is the title screen music from Lost Levels.
2: Oh,
1: right. So that one was really tricky. (laughs) That is is tricky.
0: Unless you played some Lost
2: Levels, that would be a hard one. Um, I've only played
1: the original Lost Levels because that also got a virtual console release. Yes.
2: Uh, remember... Yeah, I remember we tried to play it and in the yes. <laughs> input lag was yeah. so bad we bailed. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, that's a game where you can't even have a Lost microsecond. Lost levels is right, crushingly hard. So. Oh, yeah. Hard. yeah.
2: Absolutely. Um, which,
1: of course, we all know the story that made it was for the Japanese market. Too hard. Yeah. So that's why we got Super Mario USA, which is yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, the happiest accident of all time. Um, number, uh, whose turn is it? Aaron, it's your turn. Uh, or no, no, sorry, Norm, it's your turn. What did you have for number four?
2: I had the game select screen. Yes, correct. From
1: Super from Mario All-Stars. menu. Yeah, from yeah. And I can't believe I got that. I have game select screen from All-Stars. There you go. Yeah. There you got it. Oh man. All right. And number three, Aaron. I have the uh, the castle theme from Super Mario Brothers three. And Norm? Yeah, Fortress from Super Mario Three.
0: Again, it's Fortress is <laughs> technically correct. Uh, but uh, Castle is the same. Yeah. Uh, so this is a tie. It's a tie.
1: It's a tie, but I, I guess Norm, Norm had more technical, technical correct. We would
0: give it to Norm, but we're yeah. going to call it a tie. It's a tie. It's a tie. So yeah, so that's our first tie. So oh. we've got to cut the belt in half, <laughs> saw it in half, and give half to each of you. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. There was uh so that was a good one. I thought, I, I was hoping one of you would get lost levels. I thought that was going to be yeah, the tiebreaker. That's, that is
1: a tough one for sure.
0: Yeah. And I, I tried to pick the title screen because I thought, oh, well, at least if they even press start one time, they heard that title screen.
1: but and yeah. I don't know. I wonder, I'm very curious now if that title screen music was in the original Lost Levels or if it was something that was added for All-Stars.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Some of the All-Stars games do have different, uh, they have like re remakes, I guess, if you'll call them, of the original title yeah. screen music. So it may be that it is different.
1: And think back to the original Super Mario Brothers, which didn't have title screen music, right? Right. And
0: it does in yeah. All-Stars. so. Yeah. So they're right there. There you go. So yeah, that's uh that's the game for this week. It's a tie. Uh, we'll un- cut that
1: belt in half, but it's not solid gold. It's just
0: chocolate. Yeah, chocolates. yeah. <laughs> that's right.
1: yeah half it's, a chocolate belt. It's like the keep uh, it kid chocolate yeah. loonies. <laughs> 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 so
0: yeah, so that's it for the fourth and final episode of SNES Classics. We hope you've enjoyed the month, uh, and we'll talk about the contest. Uh, you can always enter that contest by reaching out to us on your social media platform of choice. The giveaways. Uh, This month, our Guacamelee Super Turbo Championship Edition. I'm not going to... I'm tired of saying that. I'm going to be happy when we're through this month. (laughs) SteamWorld Heist. And of course, very excitingly, Overwatch
1: Loot Boxes. We can gift you (laughs) Overwatch Loot loot Boxes.
2: Wait till the Christmas sale. Claim (laughs) your prize. Yes, yeah. Get those Christmas Loot Boxes. And
1: I don't know. Do we want to do a teaser for what's coming up next month? Uh,
2: Yeah, I guess we could. Yeah. yeah.
1: So uh, what, what did Jordan call it? I oh, remember I actually December I think yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> just basically so in a little teaser for next month we're gonna do like a
1: cold winter wintery level levels yeah so from games
0: basically cold levels is yeah. what I'm gonna call it maybe I'll just call it cold yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's gonna frozen be themes frozen themes so yeah any game or whether the whole game is set that way or just a level that has a snowy theme that's our we're gonna do a wintery Uh, theme for next month which is something that's probably been a long time coming Um, but yeah Uh, and also of course to enter that contest uh, you can get 10,000 entries if you want Overwatch loot boxes by leaving us a review on (laughs) iTunes or on Stitcher uh, we love both of those, and uh, let us
1: know. Let us know if you if you technically own the belt if you and got all five of those games. Don't get confused. We are not offering ten thousand loot boxes. That's <laughs> oh just yeah, ten thousand entries. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't even you know, think you can no buy ten thousand yeah. loot <laughs> boxes. I think hundred is the yeah. is the cap. Um,
0: but yeah, no, that's right. Ten thousand <laughs> entries into the contest, not ten thousand loot boxes. Thank you, Aaron. That is a an important uh, distinction. Distinction there. Thank you very much. So yeah. Uh, That was SNES month. Next month is November. (laughs) (laughs) We hope you enjoyed it and we will catch you guys next time.